0: And welcome to episode 73 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Are Jason Garrett's days in Dallas done if he doesn't win tomorrow against the Bills? And I got the new name... That's rumored to replace him in Dallas. Lamar Jackson becomes the fastest player in Madden history. And Duke suffers one of the biggest upset losses in college basketball history. All that much more here on Episode 73 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and give me all your takes. Right down below in the comment section. Last episode, I asked, is LaMelo Ball a number one pick in the NBA draft? And I got a great response from it's Kanoa said, Hey, he's still 17. He's still figuring it out. He's still maturing his game. This kid is good, brother. I agree with you. I got Melo as a number one pick. But we've got lots to get into. Jam packed show for you guys today. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready?
1: Let's get it on.
0: And we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to give you the two head coaches that Jerry Jones is reportedly targeting to replace Jason Garrett in Big D. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Well, Jason Garrett should be thankful that he has a job. Now, he's got to keep that office very clean because he might be asked to move out. He might get those walking papers as early as tomorrow. There's some rumors that he could get fired if the Cowboys lose to the Bills on Thanksgiving. Well, here's Jerry Jones talking about his head coach. No
1: one in this country has earned the right to say, I'm a Jason Garrett man more than me. I am his man. And we want the Mm. very same thing, and that's for our players to play at their very best. And we want his staff to coach at their very best. The bottom line is we get graded. I'm in business. I don't have to win the Super Bowl in business every year. I can come in sixth and have a hell of a year. But in this business, you've got to come in first. You've got to come in first. And so fundamentally, you've asked for something that's a very narrow window to begin with. I want Jason to get it done.
0: Oh, come on, Jerry. Don't give me that. We know if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby's dad taught us that. Don't listen to these people, Ricky. You're a winner. You've got the gift.
1: Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. If you ain't first...
0: Yes, if you're not first, you're last, especially if you're the Dallas Cowboys, especially if you're a franchise that has four playoff wins in the last 25 years. Four playoff wins, despite having all the resources in the world, despite having loaded roster after loaded roster, talent on talent, and you're sitting at 6-5, and 0-4 against playoff teams, and really you're just lucky that the Philadelphia Eagles have their whole entire offense injured because, look, they're probably going to win the NFC East, but everyone's saying that if they lose tomorrow tomorrow, Jerry Jones should fire Jason Garrett and I'm telling you that they should not fire Jason Garrett tomorrow because if they do they're going to have Chris Richard as the interim head coach and if you do that this team has the talent to rally around him win some playoff games and then you're going to have the entire locker room lobbying to make him the next head coach of the Cowboys so that's what's going to happen because look if you're a player and they change coaches you're more likely to have less roster turnover if you keep that interim coach because you get a new coach he wants his own guys he wants to shake things up and if you do that the Dallas Cowboys won't be able to get Urban Meyer and the report came out this morning that the Vegas odds makers now have Urban Meyer as the favorite to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys at three to one and then apparently Jerry Jones is also interested in Josh McDaniels so he has Urban Meyer and Josh McDaniels as his head candidates to replace Jason Garrett in Dallas and I want you to hear Urban Meyer talking about the Cowboys job the one. You know, that's the New York Yankees, that's the Dallas Cowboys, that's the one. Great city, you've got Dak Prescott, you got Zeke Elliott, you got loaded team. You know, and, and I can't speak for him, obviously. I hate to even speculate because I don't know him, that's really not fair. But to me, that's the one job in professional football you kind of say, i got to go do that. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. That one. Yes. And then Bleacher Report NFL insider Mike Freeman wrote, There's increasing belief that Jones will part ways with head coach Jason Garrett if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl this season, and that his two preferred choices would be Meyer or Josh McDaniels. Meyer would be a Jones kind of hire. He's a high profile known as a football savant, and to Jones he'd bring instant credibility to the job. He'd also be a risky choice. He's never been a head coach in the NFL, and getting respect from professional locker rooms is vastly different than getting respect in a college one. So he's saying that, hey, this is a real rumor. This is very substantial. And to me, if you heard that interview that he had on Colin Cowherd, does that sound like a guy that wouldn't come out of retirement to take that Dallas Cowboys job? It is a -a once-in-a-lifetime job. Tom Landry held it down for a long time. Jason Garrett has had this job for nine years. He'll have job security. He'll have the most elite coaching job in professional sports. And I think Urban Meyer makes a run at this. I know his health is a concern, But, hey, if he's healthy, if he's cleared by doctors, if he's all in, he's going to have a long conversation with his family. But I think you, you have to take this gig. Loaded roster, Dak Prescott. You have Demarcus Lawrence, Ezekiel Elliott. They won a national championship together at Ohio State. I think it's a perfect fit. I think the Dallas Cowboys should definitely go after Urban Meyer. Make it happen, Jerry Jones. He always says, Jerry Jones always says, hey, My hands aren't known to get cramps when I'm writing checks, and that's him saying he'll empty that bank account, he'll back up the Brinks truck, for Urban Meyer and I think that they get this done and that's why I say you don't fire Jason Garrett right now because you let him play out this season out of respect they're not going to win the Super Bowl so you do this and you lay that foundation you negotiate with Urban Meyer you court him until it's over you bring him in next year and he's the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys And yesterday, we have the upset of the year in college basketball. It's only November, and we're getting March Madness in November. It's a nutty November. Kansas went down, Kentucky went down, and now Duke loses yesterday to SF Austin. And they were a 27-and-a-half point favorite in that game. They hadn't lost a game at home to a non-conference opponent since 2000. 150 straight wins against non-conference opponents in Cameron Indoor. Stadium. Now they've won zero consecutive games against non-conference opponents at home. It was a wild game throughout. SF Austin came to play. They take it to overtime. It's 83-83. Duke has the basketball. You know they're going to win, right? You know Duke. They had that scare. They're going to finish him off at home, and then Nathan Bain happens. night Nathan was the bane of the Blue Devils existence and what I love about the play was one you got that tenacious defense to cause that turnover and two it's a race against time to get that layup up most players would have shot a desperate heave a floater he shoots that layup and they get the win here's the lumberjacks hero right after the game man it's just I'm trying real
1: hard not to get emotional you know my family lost a whole lot this year Whew, I'm not gonna cry on TV. My family lost a whole lot this year. And uh, you know, I just, I'm just playing this game for them, you know? Just playing for my SFA family, my family back home in the Bahamas. You know, I, was, I just want to make my country proud, And my whole team that's behind me, my other two seniors, you know, John cramped up, but he was giving us energy. Keep on providing the spark, for us, you know, the team effort.
0: You know, when everything happened early inside the year. I know they had my back, and I just wanted to return the favor. Now, there's a great story. Bain's family in the Bahamas, they lost absolutely everything. They had a Category 5 hurricane with Hurricane Dorian. They lost everything, and before the game, he had a GoFundMe set up for months now. They had about $2,000 in donations. As of right now, there's over $72,000 in that GoFundMe. People are stepping up. It's a beautiful story for Nathan Bain. you got to love that. And the Duke Blue Devils, they took that L last night. Coach K gave all the credit to SF Austin after the game. I congratulate
1: Stephen F. Austin. I mean, they uh, they were better, bottom line. You know, they were <clears throat> tougher than we were. Um, they played with great poise, and uh, and we helped them. I mean, um, you you can't give up 64 points in the paint. We don't even give up 64 points. And we gave up so many layups. Um, And then you go 11 for 24 from the foul line in the second half. It's just a recipe to lose. And uh, so we weren't you yeah, we weren't deserving of winning. That team was deserving of winning. and they-
0: So give Coach K credit. He steps up, he takes that L, and I'm just saying John Wooden is not losing to a 27.5-point underdog at home as the number one team in the country. So let's put this whole best coach of all time debate to rest. But you're going to start to see this in college basketball because you saw last night you have a team like SF Austin, a team that has senior-laden juniors, a lot of experience. They have chemistry, and they're going against these teams that have one in Dunners, a lot of 18- and 19-year-old blue-chip future NBA prospects, and teams are going to pull off these upsets. One of my favorite things after the game is when UMBC, the team that beat, was the first team ever to upset a number one. They did a couple years ago when they beat Virginia. They tweet them, SFA MBB, you up? SFA basketball responds, just hanging out. What about you? Hashtag raise the axe. Hashtag ax em. And then Evansville basketball chimed in. Remember, they upset Duke a couple years ago. It says, asterisk Evansville has entered the chat oh hey guys what's up so I love it it was a crazy night in college basketball one of the biggest upsets you're ever going to see the last time that Duke lost at home to a non-conference team 19 years ago the starting lineup for Duke you had Jay Williams Chris Carwell Nate James Shane Battier and Carlos Boozer so it's been a minute But Duke goes down. I still think they're going to have a great season. And by the way, what was Coach K drawing? I don't know if you saw that picture, but he was scribbling something. I don't know what that was. It looked like he was drawing a turkey for Thanksgiving or drawing a banana. I have no idea. Maybe it was a play called the Rorschach, but that play obviously did not get it done. But Duke's going to be fine. They're going to have a great season. I see them going deep in the NCAA tournament, but these upper echelon teams, you have been put on notice. You're not untouchable anymore. You're going to see more Upsets like this in the future. And next, the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association are considering sweeping changes to the format of the NBA season beginning in the 2021 and 2022 season. According to a story by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe, the changes would include a 30-team in-season tournament that occurs in late November into mid-December, a postseason play-in format, and a reseeding of the four-conference Finals. Here's Adrian Wojanowski talking about the changes that could come as soon as 2021. I think there's a chance all three are going to happen, right? There's three significant things there's the in season tournament, all 30 teams. There is the play in for the seventh and eighth seeds that involve nine and the nine and ten seeds. Right. And then there's the reseeding of the conference finals. When we get to the final four, reseeding by regular season records of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. So hypothetically, you could have an NBA final with two teams from the West, or you could have two teams from the East if it plays out. And the first thing I want to say is I'm not a fan of the NBA trying to model itself after European soccer. It is so different, and the main difference is you do not have relegation in the NBA. That's when a team, the lower teams, go down a division and have to work their way up. That's not how it's going to be in the NBA. And also, teams do not care about a random tournament trophy. Oh my God, who the hell cash. That is not going to help their legacy. James Harden doesn't win a Larry O'Brien, but he wins some random tournament. No one is going to mention that. It's going to be a small footnote. And then also, teams playing tournament-style games this early on in the year, I think you're going to see the playoffs suffer as a result. The NBA playoffs, that is what it's all about. And James Harden and P.J. Tucker, they're not a fan of it either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i fight for an NBA championship.
1: I don't play for anything else. <laughs> what else is there? There's nothing else. It's like consolation
0: or something. Uh, I don't know. Playing games in the NBA championship. Ooh. And so let's break down some of these changes one by one. The first one, going from 82 games to 78 games. Really. Four games, is that going to really make a difference? Because, look, when the NBA suffers, it's when Steph Curry's out. It's when Kevin Durant's out. It's when you have season-ending injuries. And because no one wants to tune in. People do not tune into NBA games for the name on the front of the jersey. They tune in for the name on the back of the jersey. And I think that teams, if they want to reduce the schedule, I think teams should play no more than three games games per week. I want to see teams playing on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday or Tuesday, Friday and Sunday. I want to see three games per week, and yes, that's going to reduce that regular season, and records are probably not going to get broken because you're going to have less games, less time to accumulate those stats, but the most important thing is you have fresh, healthy players that aren't incurring season ending injuries because that is what hurts the league, and then what you do is you start this season mid November, and then the big Christmas Day games, that's perfect, and then you have the NBA Finals sometime in July. There are no sports other than Major League Baseball's regular season in July. They already own June. Why don't you just stretch that out and it'll be perfect for the NBA. I'm telling you, that is how you save the regular season. And then if you look at the second item here, they reseed the four conference finalists. I'm fine with that. Reseeding, all that's going to do is help the best teams play later. So that's okay. I'm fine with that. And then a 30-team in-season tournament, like I said, I couldn't be any more against this. I think it is so unnecessary. Teams don't want an NIT tournament championship in the NBA. It's not going to do anything for their legacies. But what you could do is you make every team that doesn't make the playoffs play in a short tournament. And then you could have some draft picks included in that. And then postseason play-in involving 7-10 to seeds. This one, I'm not totally against this one, but like I said, if you have a team like let's say you have a Warriors team or a Lakers team that had an injury early in the season, they're still a quality team that you're going to run the risk of not having them in the real dance. So I don't love that. I think that's a terrible idea. And if you're any of these players that understand that it's all about that Larry OB, why would you even play in these midseason tournaments? I would sit them out, I would play them short minutes, and I would have the advantage when it really counted because, hey, the NBA doesn't need midterms. It just needs final exams. That's all we're going to remember. So go down to 66 games, you're going to have healthy players, you're going to have more meaningful games, and I really think the NBA would double its value in that span because another thing to consider is does the NBA really want to rock the boat considering that when Adam Silver took over the NBA in 2014, the overall revenue was sitting at $4.56 billion. Last year, it was $8.01 billion. It's doubled under Adam Silver. If you look at the average NBA franchise, they're worth $1.9 billion. That's up 13% in just one year, so they don't need drastic changes. These are drastic changes. It just needs some minor tweaks. And it's all about keeping those players healthy, ending back-to-backs. This mid-season tournament nonsense, I hope that James Harden and P.J. Tucker, it's just the beginning of players that are saying, hey, I'm not, this is not college. If you want to watch a college basketball tournament, you have those options. The NIT, the NCAA tournament. But this is the NBA, and we're not doing it. The only problem I think the NBA really has is teams... Better tanking teams that are purposely losing to get high draft picks. And I think the way you solve that, there could be a tournament in there somewhere. There could be a single elimination tournament that takes place there because I want to see that happen. I think that the players should get a week to two weeks off after the regular season before the playoffs. And then that's when you have a tournament for all the teams not in the playoffs. And then that's how you determine who gets the top draft picks. Another thing they need to change in the NBA, and this really is the biggest thing in my opinion, is you make it 1 through 16. No more conferences, one through 16, and then that's how you do it. That's how it has to be done, one through 16. Hey, I hear you jokesters out there saying, hey, of course James Harden wouldn't like more playoffs, but hey, this is not the change that the NBA needs. We're going to talk about this in much more detail in the following weeks, but hey, first thing the NBA needs to do if they really want to make a change, they need to bring back round ball rock ba ba basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna dog it ba yeah. ba basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna dog it ba ba basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna dog it And before we wrap here today, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports fact of the day. What was the biggest upset in sports history? It was the 1980 Miracle on Ice. The U.S. men's hockey team, they defeated the Soviet Union to take home gold at the 1980 Winter Olympics. That was the biggest upset of all time. But that's going to do it for Episode 73 of the Get More Sports podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Wherever get your podcast these days. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I got the bears, bills and saints. But that is going to do it. See you guys Friday and I'm out.